Hey guys, welcome. I'm really excited today to be with you and talk about one of my favorite uh, topics really uh, regarding the glory of God, the manifest presence of God himself, you know, and um, hopefully over this next, these next few moments with you, God will even show up and touch you in a powerful way. And hopefully I can even bring some scriptural truth uh, to you that will help transform your life and make us, you know, more one with Jesus and walking with his glory. You know, you see it clearly uh, in scripture. Even Moses knew this from early on, the, the deliverer that God chose of all of Israel. He knew very, very early. He spent so much time in the presence of God, you know, him and his predecessor, Joshua. If you read throughout scripture, he would go to the tent of meeting and the pillar of God's glory would come in a cloud and God would speak with Moses face to face as he would with a friend, you know. And right out of the gate, Moses knew without God's glory, God's manifest presence, uh, we're useless, you know. And if you really begin to look throughout life and even all of scripture as believers, uh, that's the one main thing that sets us apart from all even religions throughout the earth. You know, various religions have different books and theology, so to speak, that, that teach on certain things. But the one main thing that sets us apart as believers and Christians that follow Jesus is we have the manifest presence of God, the glory of God that dwells with us, that goes with us, and empowers us. You know, Jesus Christ is the only God that you can't find his grave. He died and rose again and sent the Holy Spirit. So, uh, you know, and the Bible even says that the letter alone kills but the Spirit brings life. So we really need to know that right out of the start, that the manifest presence of God, if we're doing anything without the glory, you're not going to get too far. You know, Moses says to God, he's sitting there in dialogue with God, he says, if your glory does not go with us, I'm not going. Because he knew he's helpless without himself. Um, Zechariah chapter 4 even mentions to, you know, not do things by your own might or your strength, but by the Spirit of God. And, um, you know, even Peter knew this w with Jesus in the New Testament that Jesus said, Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. And so he knew the manifest presence in the word of God together we, we must have as one as a people. And so um, while yet the glory of God can manifest in so many different ways, it's so needed. And we need to know that right out of the gate um, that we must be a people that always revere the presence of God, welcome the Holy Spirit in his glory, in everyday life, also ministry, no matter what you're doing, that we, we practice the presence of God and lean into his glory. And um, so I, I want to give a couple of biblical foundations for the word glory for some of you, you know, that may not quite have a, have a good grid for, for what that is. And so basically in the Bible, you have the Old Testament, which is all Hebrew. The, the origin of the text is Hebrew. The, the New Testament is Greek. And when you look up the word glory throughout the whole scripture of Hebrew and Greek, Old and New Testament, there's a very similar common thread. Um, right here, the, the Hebrew is kabod, the word for the glory of God. It means weighty, from abundance, and it also means of external display. <clears throat> so that's very important to know the glory of God is always to be made manifest. It's, it's of external display. 
uh, God's glory. So when God's glory manifests, you know it. Sometimes we can see it by the different manifestations. Sometimes you can sense it, but you will know when the glory of God comes and begins to reside in your life and also different corporate settings. Uh, the Greek is uh, doxa. But again, you see it's especially divine quality of the presence of God. And again, it says to, it's a demonstration or a display of the presence of God. And, and I think it's really good that we know this as believers, that our God, the God we serve, he's a God of experience, and he wants to show his glory. He wants to manifest his presence, you know, amongst us. He's a God of experience. You see this all throughout Scripture, where he's longing to touch his people, uh, be made known, display his presence, you know. And so we should be a people in expectation for the glory of God. Even in the secret place when you're spending time, say, Jesus, show me your glory. God, let your presence come even now. And I pray even uh, during this teaching that many of you begin to feel the presence of God, become more familiar with, with the presence of Jesus touching you because he's a God of experience. He loves to touch his people. And uh, a very unique passage out of Joel chapter 2 that I believe points to the glory of God, I believe even going to increase in our day, in this last day generation, I believe, is Joel chapter 2, uh, verse 30. I'll go there and read that with you. Uh, it's, it's quite profound. It, it speaks of, you know, the Holy Spirit being poured out in the last days. You can start in verse 28. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male, female servants, I'll pour out my spirit. Now watch this, verse 30. You know, a lot of us read past this and don't catch what God's saying here. It says, and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. You see, these three wonders here, because if you look in context, these are speaking of last day wonders that will manifest. And we've actually seen some of these signs and wonders appear um, a lot of people misinterpret this scripture from being natural like blood or fire from buildings or smokes from the burning buildings and like, you know, troublesome times in the end. But it, in its truest context, it's speaking of wonders, supernatural manifestations of wonders. And it says, I'll show signs in the heavens and wonders in the earth. Those signs and wonders be being blood, fire, and smoke. Well, I believe that these signs... Because you, you have to realize also with signs and wonders that, um, you know, they're supernatural manifestations from the glory of God, but they always speak of something. You know, God never just decides, let me manifest my supernatural presence just so I can wow people or have them in awe. While yet it does cause that aspect of awe and amazement, but they're signs and wonders. So if you've never seen a sign that doesn't lead you somewhere or have a message in it. So God's manifestation of his wonders always has signs and meaning and messages. And so I believe this progression, if you look at it, is blood, fire, and smoke in representation for the blood of Jesus, the fire of the Holy Ghost, and the smoke of God's glory. And so you see this progression and I believe it even speaks of a, a last day company that will move in the glory of God, that, that pillar of smoke. Every time you see God's glory come, 
in, in the Bible often it would show up in a pillar or a cloud or smoke that would descend uh, upon the earth. And so uh, I think that's really important for us to know as a Latter-day company that I believe the glory of God's going to really show up in mighty ways amongst us more and more. And I believe it's going to be ever-progressing, ever-increasing. The Bible says God moves from glory to glory in greater glory. You know, he, he increases. Um, Habakkuk 2, verse 14, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 also says, regarding the end in the last days, it says, the knowledge of God's glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And, uh, you know, a fun practical study I have here is, um, losing my time, um, is that when you look at the waters covering the sea, a true study, this has proven that 97% of the ocean's water cover the surface of the earth. So that, that being said, if God's running a scripture in parallel with the knowledge, which means the experience of God's glory, will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, that's basically every corner of the earth that's going to experience the, the knowledge of God's glory. Um, Isaiah 6, you see Isaiah gets caught up into an encounter with the Lord. It says that the Lord, I saw the train of the Lord's robe filling the temple. And then he saw seraphim crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the seraphim looked down and they say, behold, the earth is filled with the glory of God. Some versions say the earth is full of the glory of God, meaning the glory of God is here, but the experiential knowledge is going to be ever increasing. And so I often liken uh, an analogy to this as if, you know, you were in a certain location where there was a lot of uh, gas fumes in the air. And so you may not see them, but it's there until somebody strikes a match to ignite that manifest uh, substance. Well, the earth is very similar. You know, the Bible says the earth is filled or full of the glory of God. But we, in this last day company, you're going to find people that are striking that match in aligning with the presence of God and triggering it to where the, the knowledge, the experiential manifest presence of God's glory is going to appear more and more. And so, um, you know, right out of the start, I think it's very important that we know that, that God wants to manifest. He's going to be increasing his glory amongst us in this last days. And we can never be a people apart from the glory of God. Let us learn from the generals. You know, Moses says, without your glory, I'm helpless. I'm not going anywhere. And so uh, I think it's really important to know that right out of the start. And, um, and so even in, in the glory of God, in, in, you know, his manifest presence, I want to make some points of uh, accessing the glory and then hosting the glory of God. And then, you know, we'll bring it to a close. Uh, one thing we need to know, because many of us say, well, I, I want to experience more of the glory of God. There are, uh, you know, a few tips I want to give you from Scripture that are very clear in living before the Lord in, in the glory of God, His manifest presence, and hopefully we'll have time to talk on some of the, the manifestations of His glory. Um, but one is that we must live holy. We must be a people that live pure. Uh, Psalm chapter 24, verse 3 and 6 says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And who may dwell in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. 
And so if you see in Exodus 24, it's one of the first times where God's glory comes upon the earth. Uh, Moses ascends the hill of the Lord into the glory of God and dwells in his holy place. And so Moses had clean hands and a pure heart, you see. While yet the children of Israel had impure hearts and, and unclean hands. And so God said, they must stay at the base of the mountain. They can't come into my glory and access the glory of God. And, and thank God we have the blood of Jesus. It washes us and makes us clean and rip the veil that we may enter in before the Father and access glory, you know. But sometimes over life and just trials and all that the world throws at us, we let impurities begin to set within our life and we don't realize the dimension or the depth and potency of the glory of God begins to lift off of our life and it makes it harder to, to access. And so that's what David was really writing about in Psalm 24. He says, who can ascend the hill of God and dwell in his glory, dwell in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart. And so, so clean hands speak of your outward deeds and what you do. And a pure heart speaks of internally. Because sometimes we can be clean on the outside and not really be playing out acts of impurity and sin. But in our mind, in our thoughts, in our hearts, we let things in that are impure. And we need both clean, you know. So that's, that's one real key. And then another one is intimacy in the secret place. Just dwelling in the presence of God. Accessing the glory. You know, um, you, you can't become like anything you don't spend time with. And so the manifest glory and presence of God, we must begin to form a life of the secret place in prayer and spending time with God and dwelling in him. And so I want to read this to you real quick. Exodus chapter 24, uh, verse 12. You see, Mo, uh, Moses also knew this really, really well with the glory of God. He knew uh, how important it was to stay in the presence of God, abide. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you that you may bear much fruit. And so if you uh, go to verse 12, the Lord says to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So you see that, come up to me on the mountain and wait there. And if you read further, um, Moses ends up waiting for six days in the glory of God, and God didn't even speak till the seventh day. So sometimes, if you want to access the deep realms of glory, it, you know, there's diligence involved in pursuit and waiting upon the presence of God. And uh, it's very important that anything you tap into in the secret place will manifest in public. And so that's why Moses came off of the mountain from the glory of God, his face was shining like a light bulb. You know, we must be a people that continually abide in the glory of God. That way when we live out in the public, his glory will stay with us and go with us, his presence. The, it's very important to note that the very first item that God spoke to Moses to make was the, the Ark of the Covenant made out of acacia wood, which speaks of the secret place and intimacy and prayer. So again, if, we, if you want to be a people that access the glory of God, live out of the glory of God, we've got to have a very strong secret place, a very strong relationship of intimacy with the Lord. You know, God didn't tell him first make the outer courts and the tents or the priest attire. He says, first item, the ark that's going to host my glory in the very holy of holies, the secret place. And... Um, 
So Moses, and then in Exodus 40, when they completed everything and set it up, God tells Moses, put the ark first. So that's number one. You need to always know that intimacy, uh, the secret place with God, is the highest priority in life. If we're going to be a glory company of people that carry the glory of God. And um, in, in a, a key note about this ark is, God specifically told him, you know, make it with these transporting poles attached to the bottom. And what, this is where the, you know, the priest could carry the ark but not put their hands on the ark itself. And this is very important if you want to learn, even in ministry, how to house and cooperate uh, with the glory of God. The, God said, once you put the transporting poles, there was four rings. So if you can picture it, you know, you've got an ark. It was a box that would house the glory of God in the earth. And, and we must become now a temple and a people that become that ark that house the glory of God. That's what this world needs. They don't need more psychiatrists, medications, different relationships. They need the glory of God. Everything is in him for all freedom, life, joy, peace, and power. And so out of this box, though, on the bottom, God told Moses to attach four rings on each corner and run transporting poles through both sides so they could hold the ark. And, and God said, once you put those transporting poles in the ark, they must always remain, meaning never take them out. So when God's glory comes into the ark, you don't put your hands on it. And this is a very, very important note to, to you know, write down or keep dear within your heart. When's, when God's presence comes within your life, you let him reign and lead. You don't ever get in the way or put your hands on it. You just host the glory of God and follow him. And this is how often we see the glory of God manifest in meetings. He'll come in and I'll get out of the way, you know, just begin to host him and try and transport the poles wherever he's going. And you let him rule within your life. Uh, also in your secret life, it's really, really important to make the presence of God, number one, his manifest glory and presence to, to reign and not put your hands on it, get it in the way, you know. Um, and, and real quick on external manifestations of God, some of the displays that we see, um, I, I want to talk with you briefly on that and then we, we will close. Uh, if you see in Exodus chapter 1 and Revelation 4, there are these two encounters, very, very profound, that Ezekiel the prophet has and John from Revelation, John the beloved has. And they both get taken before the throne where the glory of God is in full manifestation. There's peals of thunder, lightning, and uh, a cloud. But as they got close to the throne where the glory of God was, they both record. You can see it in Exodus chapter 1, verses 24 through 28, and Revelation uh, 1, sorry, 1 through 6. They come into the glory God's manifest presence, and they both see a rainbow that would encircle the throne. And this is a very key note to, to notice with the manifest presence of God, that a rainbow is always a different hue or different color. It's, it's a multiple display image. And God's glory is very much this way. You know, if we get into the glory of God, you know, it's, it's very important to know that his presence is often going to manifest in various different ways. And so you may have blue, so to speak, yellow, red one day, orange the other. But, you know, even Revelation says Jesus has the voice of many waters. 
And so God's glory can show up in meetings in so many different ways. Sometimes it can show up as laughter and joy. You know, one of the fruits of the Spirit of God is joy. And we've seen it. God will come in and people are totally intoxicated by the presence of God. And I pray even now that you would be filled afresh with the presence in the glory of God. We've seen um, God come in in manifestations from the kingdom. You know, Jesus says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we've seen literal manifestations from his presence, gold and clouds type smoke enter the room. And this is often when God will show up as well. And so it's very, very key to notice that um, revelation glory, we like to call it, where God's presence will come in and all of a sudden people start having dreams and visions by the Spirit of God. Uh, financial glory, you know, the Bible says God is, you know, he owns the cattle of, of, on a thousand hills. So provisional God, you know, Abraham with Isaac coined the phrase Jehovah Jireh, meaning the Lord will provide. So we've seen the glory of God come in meetings and literally start working miracles in the financial realm. Healing in homes, you know, there's so many different aspects to, to know with the glory of God. And I would encourage you, uh, even as you begin to press in for God, that fullness or that rainbow, so to speak, to know that God wants to manifest his glory, but often he will manifest in so many different ways. And the prophet Ezekiel, John the Revelator, they both knew this as they got very close. They said, wait a minute, God's glory is multifaceted. There's different shades and colors that show up. You know, God's glory is often like a diamond that you put in the light and it may look yellow one second, blue the next, pink. And uh, so his manifest glory will begin to, to come in and, and be with you and, and touch you in such a powerful way and display in, in so many different uh, ways, you know, in the earth. And um, so, you know, I just pray for an increase of God's glory to, to really come upon us. Another one from the definition of, of glory that I told you earlier is the uh, kabod, meaning the weighty glory of God. And so often a lot of people get confused when they see, you know, the power of God come in a meeting and people start to get hit by the power of God and they can't stand up anymore. This is the weighty kabod or weighty glory of God. It, you know, the, the Bible, it comes upon them and they, they can't stand under the glory of God. It's an amazing time in the presence but he's transforming lives in that time as well. You know, the, the Bible also says when the glory of God came into the temple, it was filled with a cloud and the priest could not stand to minister because of the glory of God. So this is again is the weighty uh, presence of God and manifestation. And so, you know, it's just really important um, to lean in. There's also the healing glory of God where God will come in Acts 10 verse 38 says, Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so God's glory will come in meetings strictly, you know, where the, the uh, gospel of Luke said God's presence or glory was there to heal. And so often God's glory will come into meetings or even in your life or in your home, and I pray it even does now, uh, with the intent to heal. See, this is another shade in, in display of God's glory and miracles start breaking out, healings, manifestations from the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, I just want you to really be encouraged, uh, you know, in the presence of God, in his glory, to lean in and press into the fullness of all that he is. And most importantly, I love to, I want to close on this one, is the intimate 
presence of God, the intimate glory of God. Because like I said earlier, uh, intimacy with him is number one, the secret place in loving him. And so often you'll, you'll feel the love of the Father or often even the love of Jesus Christ, the bridegroom to his church, coming in to meet you and touch you in such a powerful way and transform your life. So thank you, God, for your glory. I pray that you manifest more within my life and each and every listener and for your glory in the earth. In Jesus' name. Thank you.